Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review and this time we're looking at Gunpowder Milkshake. Directed by Navot Papajado, Gunpowder Milkshake is the action thriller starring Karen Gillan as a young assassin. The movie is in cinemas now and on Netflix in the United States. But if you haven't watched Gunpowder Milkshake yet and you want to, Go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Feeling like an adaption of a comic book and being compared to things like Kill Bill, the Gunpowder Milkshake is a big blast of neon-infused action. Luke, you have the plot. To protect an eight-year-old girl played by Chloe Coleman, a dangerous assassin, Karen Gillan, Reunites with her mother, Lena Headley, and her lethal associates, played by Carla Gorgino, Michelle Yao, and Angela Bassett, to take down a ruthless crime syndicate and its army of henchmen. Yeah, so we had to, we basically, we had to, this is a cinema viewing for us, um, the privileged people in the United States. I mean, I say privileged, the reason it's on Netflix there is because, you know, the pandemic is still very. <laughs> very hot on its heels um but that's okay but it's yeah it's weird to saying that though yeah even like looking at the promotional material because a lot of the like let's say the the posters like the movie posters that we would get here in australia are the american posters you know we do get international ones as well but primarily yeah and they all say netflix on them that's it yeah so i'm like wow this is a Netflix film, and it what looks like a really good Netflix film. No, no, no. You in Australia, you need to go to the cinema. That's how you can watch this our, movie. Our posters, only in cinemas. It says at the bottom, hey, you know, it, it, it's all good. But, you know, like, you know what? In terms of marketing and getting us pumped for this, like, the trailers really... The trailers worked for me. I was like, this looks bonkers. These are... Chicks kicking ass, it's bright, so much action. And the posters, those neon lights, like it looked kind of zany. Yeah. The title is stupid and ridiculous. Oh, mate, I love, I love the title. Shoo-in. Yeah, this I love the title. And I want to say that this is a movie worth watching on the big screen. I do want to say that because some Netflix films. They look like films that maybe I'll watch that one day when I've got nothing else to watch. Not yeah. all, but some. This, though, looks like a big, flashy movie. And then it turns out that it's theatrical for us, Netflix in the US. Can you remember when we... I think we reviewed the latest Jumanji film. I'm pretty sure that's where I said it. <laughs> and I just said what I would like would be for Karen Gillan to just be in everything. Because I think that she is excellent. And that is very much the case here. I just find her so watchable, so entertaining. Going back to Doctor Who, where she played Amy Pond, and we've since had her as Nebula in the MCU, and of course the Jumanji films. She's popped up in other film and TV shows as well. She's so consistently good. And, and she's certainly bringing that to this movie as Sam. Like, she is a hit person. Like, she was left behind many years ago by her mum. They bonded 
over milkshakes. I agree. Silly title, but I love it. <laughs> they bonded over milkshakes. And one day her mom just didn't come back and she didn't come back for 15 years. And years have passed and you've got Sam, who is this hitman, doesn't seem to have a conscience until she meets the young girl. And I quickly recognize that young girl from that <laughs> Dave Batista movie, My Spy. Remember that? We yeah. reviewed it last year. Yeah, that other guardian of the galaxy. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Coleman's going to, she's just going to star in a movie with, with each of them. She's got a Chris Pratt movie coming up next or something, or a, <laughs> who knows. Um, but yeah, on with Karen Gill, I've got to say that at the start of this movie, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't connecting with her. I wasn't on board with it. She, I mean, her character, she just seemed to have no emotion, not really much personality. If anything, I was getting comparisons to her performance as Nebula mm, in the MCU right. because just because of that very dry, cold sort of delivery. But even with that, it was probably about a third into the movie. I was like, I was really embracing a character. Like I completely flipped. I came on board and I was with it. Whether it was her just showing a little bit more, becoming a little bit more kooky and weird, or just the fact that she was just really kicking ass and she was a badass character. And doing it well. Or maybe it was just because it was Karen Gillan and I couldn't help but like her, even when she was a dry, stern very cold person. I was like, yeah, no, still Karen Gillan, still yeah. love her. <laughs> it's weird. Okay. See, I mean, yeah, she's great at kicking ass, you know, Jumanji, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, whatever she's playing, Nebula. I've got to be honest, I do see where you're coming from. Now, this is a super stylized film, like the comparisons we've already made to Kill Bill, John Wick. You know, you could just keep going with all those comparisons. The particular style, it's like what they were going for with the 50s diner or the 50s themed diner. Mm. And the way that Sam is dressing to begin with, it almost felt like this wasn't my feeling throughout. Like I was quickly on board and I was looking forward to this movie, but it felt a little bit try hard to begin with. It almost reminded me a little bit of like, remember Next Gen when like the crew of the Enterprise were going to holodeck. Right. It had a bit of was, that feel yeah. to it, like a little bit try hard, a little bit staged. Like everything very staged, that's the word, yeah. Like yes. it was everything was fabricated. It wasn't quite realistic, I guess. Like just a bit weird. forced. And that's what it was yeah. to begin with. But you know, Sam, she soon meets Emily and yeah, there's there's a lot to like about this film. Now, the sequel was announced before I watched this movie. So I knew going in, we were going to get more. I didn't know if we were going to strictly keep with, with Sam or you know, whether or not she would survive this film. It felt a little bit, when we got to the third act, and I mentioned those, the other actors that we have in this film, and it's incredible, like you know, so Lena Headley, Michelle Yao, Angela Bassett, you know, enjoying all of that. And it got to a point in that third act. And then all these characters were looking to leave. And I was a bit worried that we weren't going to get to see them kick ass like we've got many times from Sam already. And they were going to save them for a sequel. I was so happy (laughs) when the characters got brought back into the fold 
And like the third act is just like over the top insane violence, but fit with the tone that we're getting from this movie. It was a lot of fun. Are you referring more to the library scene or the, the, yeah, the library scene? The, yeah. The last, yeah. yeah. To me, that again, was it, so, that was so big. That felt like the, like the, that felt like the third act finale. I was like, I was like, Oh, this is, this is done. And then I was like, hang on. No, there's still, there's still like, like the adversary to, to go up against. Like they hadn't even got to the big bad yet, but it felt so big. I was like, like they're done. This is it. And yeah, but the movie was really big. Gone in scope again but my concern was going to be okay we're going to save these actors and these characters for a sequel i think maybe i wouldn't have thought that if i didn't know about the sequel ahead of time yeah no but very very cool to have the like these three actors as um yeah angela bassett carla gugino uh michelle Yao. like what they're bringing they've got a certain style and like elegance to them in, in what they do like and um what are they referred to as like librarians like like that's their well that's that's, that's their, their code that's their code name. names yeah it's like they yeah. are known as the librarians like honestly i mean so i remember thinking as i was watching it it's so time consuming having to hollow out all those books to place guns in them I like oh, it, and it's and it's it's <laughs> it's it's very novel, and it's something that you know belongs to this film, and it's going to be a franchise, and I do like that. But at some point, somebody's carved out all the gun holes. Yeah, that that's going to be maybe they use Carla. Power tool. Her, yeah, but Carla, her character in particular, <laughs> like she really leans into the librarian. Like she's more of a librarian type. If you're being she's too really loud, playing. she's shushing you. So she's really leaned into the part. Is that library open to the public though? Like, can someone just? I mean, walk no, in and be like, because there's books, there's guns in all the books. Well, I don't know. Yeah, there's <laughs> books with like money and stuff, and like gold bars, and and there was that one book. Lives. I can't remember. I can't remember who wrote it, but there's one book where it was actually given to Sam, and she's like, "Hey, it's a good read." You know, this one wasn't concealing a weapon it was the actual books so they have some books in there <laughs> but for the most part it's yeah it's just where the weapons are held and yeah i mentioned like the comparisons bank. to john wick earlier how they've got the continental and they've got safe areas and you know so it's it's an interesting world isn't it where it comes with these different rules mm. like in i mentioned you know the 50s era diner like you're not supposed to have guns on your person. You're supposed to hand them in. There's not supposed yeah, the to two be scenes. The two scenes violence. that we get in the diner, there's gunfire. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, because the rules are broken, and the rules get broken yeah. very early on. And, and again, comparisons to John Wick. That's what happens in in those films as well. But it happens here like much earlier. I just I like that. I like where there's sort of like there's this whole other world, this world of hitmen or hit people and there's there's these these rules that they abide by and but again that they quickly yeah push to one side it's almost like it's it's like they've got their own society and they they play within those parameters you've got the librarians you know you've got this organization that you know, we, we know nothing about but obviously they're they're in business i guess with like the criminal world but they're also you know, there's a certain there's a code to him. We've got Paul Giamatti playing like you know, someone up there with this company that you know obviously 
pays Karen Gillan's character to go out and, and put the hit on people and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, like to take him out. But then like they, he's got his bosses that he needs to adhere to and it's all business and it's, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's all, yeah, it's business. You know, we're not friends. We're not friends here. It, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a dark world. It's a dark world and it's complicated and it's ins and outs. Yeah. And they've got their own hospital. Again, their own rules. Yes, yeah. Uh, uh, when you go there, they go to the counter and the guns need to be put in that big tooth. So when that <laughs> guy gets taken out later on in his line there and she's slowly, like Sam's pushing that tooth closer and closer to the edge so he knows what's going to happen. And it smashes his head. You're like, ow. <laughs> There's so many kills in this. She refers, to, she refers to him as bonehead and she drops essentially a giant bone. Yeah, on yeah. It squashes him. You know, there's an Irish actor in here that I think I've mainly seen in comedies, but I really like him in this. Michael Smiley as Dr. Ricky. <laughs> yeah, for like I've seen him in so many comedies over the years, and here he is in this, where he's, yeah, pretty cool character. Yeah, and I thought, you know, there's a lot of... I, I think most of the scenes at the doctor's place is, or the hospital thing, it's a lot of the comedy is sort of happening here. There's yeah. Like the, well, there's like the laughing gas. Every character pretty much has a go. She's, um, Sam gets pretty much injected in the arms with like this numbing paral- paralysis stuff. Yeah, so she's not got control of her arms. She's, she, I loved all of that. And she's having to find ways yeah. to fight but without the full use of her arms. So she's fighting in different you, ways. As crazy and silly as it is, it, it still seems believable, you know, based on the fact that she's obviously very trained and skilled. Yeah. But what she was doing, I was like, oh yeah, that would work. You know, like... So with, within... Yeah. I mean, this is not the real world. Right? So within no, no. the world we've been introduced to, what it's she's doing and the believability, you can go with it. And then later yeah. on, when she's reunited with her mum, and she's like, was it the lift doors open? She's holding the gun. <laughs> and she goes <laughs> to put the the, point the gun at him and just throws it. Ah, oh, there's, there's fun. But there's, there's also, like, there's, there's stakes. Like, there's deaths. Like Madeline. I mean, Madeline dies, doesn't she? Uh, she, yeah, she does. She they does. lose a librarian. So, like, okay, so there's real stakes because for the most part, you know, you've got good guys, bad guys, all firing bullets at each other, and the bad guys are dying. But it shows us, oh, there's some real stakes because the librarians, they can die also. I mean, very early on, like, you know, our hero, our main character, kills kills the father of, you know, the, the, the girl that were basically needing protection. protection Emily, in it, in it. and then... Yeah. Emily decides that she's going to be her apprentice. So then, and that's the thing. Like, so, okay, so this is going to be a big moment, and you're waiting and waiting. So you know that Emily's going to find out, and yeah, she kind of like, okay, so you killed my dad, but you know these things happen. Yeah, I want to stay with you still. So yeah, it's but, not exactly. Ah, he's not exactly Kill Bill. We're this waiting for that really... kid to grow up and kill. <laughs> this um, this movie really is. It's it's about mothers and daughters, really. That's that's what it is, you know. Like there's Sam's taking Emily under her wing, you know. By the end of it, it's sort of like they've kind of got that relationship where it's like yeah, she's sort of like the mother figure of this girl, 
she's obviously learnt nothing from her experiences with her mother, but it's that dynamic of like, you know, she's going to make sure she's okay, but she's also going to teach her and show her this world and obviously train her and then they're going to go from there. But Sam's mother, um, Scarlett, Lena Headey, Lena Headey? Lena Headey's character, I going to say is a... To me, even though it's a major part of, of the plot and, and Sam's character, I found it probably the weakest part of, of the movie. I wasn't really buying it or really saw the necessity of it, even though there were some nice tender moments and obviously there was the parallels to then Sam and Emily's relationship. I don't know. What, what do you think to, to, to Sam and Scarlett? Yeah, I mean, I bought it. Like, we knew... That it was coming. I mean, I knew ahead of time that they they were estranged. But I didn't and they know... reunite and stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. so we got that from the trailers, but I didn't know the reason why. I guess I, it, it doesn't necessarily feel justified that she would stay away for as long as she stayed away. It's good yeah, she came I, back and then she was fine, but it, really, just, it didn't feel like that. enough happened for to have had to have, you know, to be taken away from her daughter the way or to leave like she did. But you're right, they needed to have those comparisons because the movie really is about Sam and Emily and it's showing moving forward like Sam's going to want to do better than what her mum was able to do for her at the time. But saying yeah. that, when Lena Headey comes back, it is great. Like she's oh, which... propelling herself through the air and firing Double barrels. Guns. Yeah, it is so much fun. And we've seen her kick ass over the years. Like on TV, she was Sarah Connor in that Terminator TV series. I watched her again recently as Mama in the Judge Dredd movie with Carl Urban. Like she's so oh, good right. at kicking ass. So to yeah. see her in this, and yeah, I I enjoyed seeing all of them kick ass in this. And you know, you've got Michelle Yao, and she's always incredible. It was a lot of fun. That final scene in the diner, though, where it's, it's just a panning shot across the counter in slow motion, and it's just these women just just killing fools. It's in violently, aggressively. Uh, Michelle Yao gets stabbed stabbed in the eye. It's great. Like, I mean, that's <laughs> not great, but I mean, it's, no, it's yeah, I, I get your meaning. <laughs> but it's just like the violent scene. It's epic. They're just kicking ass. It's so good. <laughs> and the use of music as well. Right? It's got a really good soundtrack. And there's times where to protect Emily from everything that's happening around her, like Madeline puts the headphones on her. So she's listening to, you know, classic tracks. And yeah, again, it's just it, the movie, like from start to finish, is super stylized, you know, visually, the sounds. Yeah, I mean, again, I keep coming back to it. It's fun. Like, the movie yeah. is a lot of fun. That's what it is. It's violent. It's fun. You know, there's some comedic moments that sometimes go a little bit silly, a little bit unrealistic, but it's, yeah, it, it kind of it works within, the, you know, the gauges of this movie. You're kind of... But I think that's... That the comedy violence, it softens it a little bit. So, like, you know, again, like right, Bill yes. Bill, like... Yeah, right. like, yeah. Tarantino, like, he, like, this he, was... he's not going for comedy violence. Yeah. Like, he likes the shock. 
this movie, although mm. you mentioned, you know, getting stabbed in the eye or, you know, a lot of violence happens, but it's, it's not all comedic, but it's, it's a colourful world, so it doesn't feel right, yeah. as extreme as like, what you'd get in the Tarantino. Place. It's not. It's not like aggressive, angry, dark, evil violence. <laughs> it's yeah. It's it's colourful, poppy, kind of goofy, kind of silly. I wouldn't. I can't. I don't want to say it's 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 for the most part comedic. It's like it's really not comedic. But just the way it comes across, like there is a bubbly nature to the violence, which is a weird kind of concept, but that's the best way I can describe no, it. No, I mean, I get you mean, like you, you mentioned, like, you know, when Sam's arms are paralyzed, like you can't take that as anything other than comedic. Yeah. Like she's yeah. still taking out the enemy, but she's doing it like almost, you know, similar to what you get from Jackie Chan. You know, where he will right. use his environment as weapons. Yeah. You know, he will fall, but find a way to turn that on his enemy. And it's similar to what we're getting in this movie. So I just feel like the silliness, although not, you know, farcical or a parody, it just, it does soften the violence. Even like the, you know, like the, the whole scene in the, in the car garage where, you know, like Emily's sitting on Sam's lap and, you know, she's doing the steering and, you know, turning, like changing, I want to say changing gears was an auto car, putting it in drive, putting it in reverse. Yeah, easy. And, you know, Sam's doing the steering. It's, oh, no, 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 other way. Sam's doing the pedals, doing the pedal work. And Emily's You know, there's a, yeah. there's a forklift, you know, decapitates a guy. Yeah. So violent, so Rough gruesome. Yeah. But just the way it all plays <laughs> out, it's just like, because it's just a bonkers kind of scenario and everything's happening so quickly and fast. It's just like, like I, I went and I go, Oh, like that, that was, I wasn't expecting that. But at the same time, I'm just like, Oh, this is ridiculous. This is awesome. It is. But it's like, again, like just that the whole package is just fun. Like, I mean, look at Sam, like when we first meet her, she's got the hat, she's got the, you know, the, the almost like the film noir jacket. Or yeah. Film. Yeah. But then she's at the bowling alley and helps herself to a bowling jacket. And that's what she pretty much wears for the rest of the movie. So it's like, good. I mean, that's what it that's does. What the, but the again, on the poster, it's stylized. You know, when you think mm. Kill Bill, because, you know, the comparisons are clearly there to Tarantino. You've got Uma Thurman and she's wearing like the bright yellow Bruce Lee tracksuit. So that's what you get in that movie. So then you can look at this. So if you see an image of Karen Gillan wearing that bowling jacket straight away, gunpowder milkshake. So I think with this one film, it's done such a good job to establish itself and to be just recognizable. It really does. It paints it paints a picture of the world and, and these characters sort of quite quickly um, in a very easy way, like almost like they're spoon feeding us, but not in a bad way. It's just, it gets us the information like that opening scene. It really tells us what we need to know. Mom ditched her, obviously very skilled and trained, all that kind of stuff. Poor Giamatti, someone who's looking after this Sam character. That's all we really need to know from there. And then Sam grows up to be, Karen Gillan and uh, is now kicking ass. You know, when 
when we saw Paul Giamatti in that opening, I'm probably thinking as I was watching it, okay, you know, he looks like he used to look. And then when we got the 15 year time jump, oh yeah, no, 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 that's what he looks like in films now. <laughs> so it didn't occur to me that they were de-aging him or making him look younger. In he that, still in looks, that opening scene. Yeah, so he still looked kind of. He looked different. I, 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 yeah, I guess, but yeah, not as. I reckon if I've not seen side by side, but there's definitely a striking difference between. <laughs> what did you think of fifteen years ago to now? What do you think of the actress that they got to play the fifteen years younger Karen Gillan? It was very apparent that that <laughs> actress had studied Karen Gillan. Because what I did notice that she more acted like her, like some of the mannerisms that right. actually looked or sound like her. They, sure. it, looked, it was like an actress acting like Karen Gillan, which I was fine with because, because she's playing a younger version of her Yeah, and I, and I mean, we can't expect... I mean, she had the red hair. So that's a plus. It's just, I think it just gets tricky when, especially with, with females, you know, a 15 year age difference at that age. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to believe that they, she would change that much in appearance. If it was like, you know, she was a 10 year old sitting at that counter, I'd be like, okay, cool. Could, you know, yeah. change quite a bit. I, I mean, don't know. You know, this, this movie, I'd say what a modest budget, and it's doing a lot with what they have. Yeah, we've not got MCU money. Like they're not aging no, Robert Downey Jr. in no, Iron Man or Captain America: Civil War. With her hair done in a different way and a different application of makeup, Karen Gillan could have sat there and looked fifteen years younger. Mate, so it could have no. been <laughs> Yes, I'm going to say no to yes. that. No, yes. I I disagree yes. with all my being. Movie magic. No, Movie I disagree. Magic. So what if they don't. No, if they no, have sat, we're in there with pigs. No, no, no. Yep, no, no. With with some makeup and stuff. No, still. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> they no, did the right no. thing. No, that that would not have worked. That no, would have no. That would have looked silly. She's, so, she's still youthful looking. <laughs> she is youth. You know, she is. But that would have no. been silly. Like you, you no, not fifteen years. I think what they did was the right thing to do. But again, maybe they could have tried harder to find an actress that looked more like her, but who they got was able to do enough to act yeah, like no, no. Karen no, Gillan. The way she said things, the, I don't know, I was getting Karen Gillan from her, but to get that, I was I was recognising <laughs> that she's doing a young Karen, or she's doing Karen Gillan here. Yeah, but and it makes sense because that's the job. That's what she's been hired for. It's you need silly. to act like a young version <laughs> of our star. <laughs> but no, honestly, that would have got just... a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, if if they would have just put Karen Gillan in pigtails, tonally, that would have set me up for a different film. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> So now we're doing National Lampoon. It'd have been something too silly. Oh, come on. <laughs> anyway, that question wasn't meant to go into our whole thing. <laughs> you but, can't uh, we... take 15 years <laughs> of Karen Gillan by giving her pigtails. I've heard it here. I'm a big fan of hers. I think she's great. She can do anything. So maybe you're right. Maybe she could have done it. <laughs> maybe just like, just added some freckles or something on her cheeks. Just to... Exactly. <laughs> I don't think freckles right. just disappear as you get older. Anyway, 
I think that's it. I think, <laughs> I think once we start talking about freckles, we're done. Uh, let's rate this movie out of out of five. What what have you got for us? I'm generally on board with this franchise, and I'm looking forward to a follow up. The world has been established in this first movie. Karen Gillan, again, I think she should be in all films. The <laughs> idea that we're going to get in at least a sequel, I'm on board with that. It's good. Like They set up a lot of things here. We've got you know, characters kicking ass, um, over-the-top violence, but with a, you know, like a soft comedic curve. I... Yeah, I, I had fun with this and I was looking forward to it going in and, you know, for the most part it did deliver, but it, it's still setting up what's to come. And with that, I'm going to come in at a 3.5. Close to a 4, but not quite there. 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, you know what, like this movie, it gives us it gives us kicking ass. And, and you know what, like another comparison, kick ass, like violent, colourful, bit of a comedic tone there's a zaniness to it um they've done quite well in 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 this setting up some stuff here and establishing this world the rules the the, these characters that are quite interesting and i want to want to see a bit more they're all very they're all very cool and they're very aggressive in what they do so yeah i'm looking forward to checking out a bit more i'm not going to get silly with the rating though um you know i enjoyed it but I mean, I wasn't blown away or anything like that, so I don't want to get too excited. Um, but I think I'm very, very happy to give this a three out of five. Like it's a, it's a decent flick. Had a good time. It's nothing. It's nothing overly amazing though, but it is worth a watch. Had a good time. I mean, that's fair. We are very close. I came in at three point five, so we're very close in our rating. All right, I'm going to wrap up with some trivia. And like, you know what? I looked into this movie and the trivia around it. Yeah, it wasn't anything that really stood out to me of much excitement. So I was, I was like, well, let's, let's look up some Karen Gillan trivia. Let's have oh, cool. some fun, interesting stuff about her. Yeah. Um, and I thought this was interesting. You know, you know when she played Nebula in, the, in Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014? She shaved her head, right? Like she, yep. she fully shaved her head. She donated her hair to the hair and makeup crew of Star Wars The Force Awakens. What? Well, yeah, she... <laughs> yeah, she that's, really? that's, yeah, yeah. Um, Where did it go? Quite, like, who used it? Do you know what? Nobody knows. Nobody I knows. thought you were going to say a charity, but no, to a movie. Yeah, no, it's it. Well, fellow Disney production, you know, Marvel to Star Wars, it's all, it's all there. So, um, you know, although the hair was no longer attached to to Gillen's scalp, it lives on inside this ever expansive science fantasy franchise, Star Wars. I mean, so I, I think, right. Uh, I mean, we've been doing this podcast for a long time, <laughs> and I know that because this. Is 299. And in all those episodes, we've never done hair trivia until now. There we go. Now surely, surely we've talked about someone's hair. Hair trivia? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all the episodes are available. Someone go back, listen to them all. Go back. Let have us a know. listen. I'm pretty sure that's the first for hair we're trivia. We're talking about someone's wig. Or someone's no, trivia. Now, I'm, I, honestly, I'm I'm thinking 
this is the first. But as you say, mm-hmm. maybe it's I mean, a we good have, opportunity. We have to talk. talked about here. Yeah, but not as trivia. Not as trivia. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Anyway, well, that's it for our review of Gunpowder Milkshake. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. All our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmstudpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Space Jam, A New Legacy. And you mentioned it. This is episode 299 of That Film Stew, which means our next episode, if my maths is correct, is episode 300. I can concur. Your maths is correct. And yes, episode... 300 is next and we went back and forth on this and trying to find out what what can we do what can we cover and looking at what we've done previously we've done halloween specials valentine's day specials our last special i believe was the disaster movie special and just trying to think what can we do and then it occurred to me like we talk about the mcu so often on this podcast even this very review i mean yeah absolutely and just try to think, what can we do? We started, so when we started that film, Stu, all those years ago, like the first recorded review we have is for Ant-Man, which is the final movie in phase two. So I kind of figured, like covering phase one for episode 300 would be a good way for us to start to catch up on what we've not discussed on the podcast regarding the first five movies of the MCU. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, we have a, we have a show dedicated to rewinding and reviewing older properties. We have a show dedicated to comic book related media, but you know what? To hell with them. But you know what? Let's talk phase one of the MCU. But it's, it's odd to think that between those other shows, we've not covered it. And I think it's because we've put early MCU on a pedestal and we've kind of figured one of the other shows is going to get to it at some point. And you know what? We still will. So when we talk about phase one, we're not going to do like a massive big dive, like an hour per film. We're going to do an overview and get, you know, get each other, I guess, up to speed. Because as you know, like ahead of confirming what we're going to do for the 100, I'd started an MCU rewatch already and I was sharing with you my thoughts on Iron Man 3 and then it occurred to me, we've never talked about it. Yeah, so all the it. films that predate like that, Ant-Man... It was that period of time where we never talked. We... <laughs> so there's this massive blind spot. So you're right, you know, mm. sounds like comics, rewind and review. But I think for that film, Stu, you know, from Ant-Man to Black Widow, we've covered everything. So yes... So as an anniversary special, episode 300 of That Film Stew, we will be covering Marvel's Cinematic Universe, phase one. The only question is, when do we do phase two? 350? 400? Well, that's what I was thinking. I mean, 301? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, no, 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 we'll give it a bit of time. <laughs> <laughs>
But at least awesome. we know what our next anniversary special will be. Although we'll we'll kind of double up on Ant Man. That's okay. We'll throw it in. We'll throw it in. Um, but that's it. So got that to look at. We've got that to look forward to. Very exciting. You've been listening to Jason and Luke for the 299th time. The guys from that film stew. See you soon. <laughs>